The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast, the Sunday night slash Monday morning version, wherever how you happen to be listening or watching watching us. Uh, we are sponsored by WinBet. I appreciate uh, that their sponsorship all year long on the podcast. I'm Scott Jenstead. Join us always on Sunday nights by Jeff Erickson. If you could please rate and review the podcast, we would greatly appreciate that also. It goes a, a long way to helping people find out about, found about the podcast, find us, uh, rate us, review us, all that kind of good stuff. Jeff, it is uh, first uh, first Sunday of the NFL season. It's always a little uh, a little wild and wacky, uh, you know. Try and catch up on the baseball, do your fab, all that kind of stuff. But uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. My baseball teams could be better. Um, they they could be, you know, uh, you know. It, it's just one of those things where you know the Reds are lo- losing. Uh, my my main event teams can't get any pitching. It's just it's a little frustrating, but that's all. Yeah, my 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 one main event team is kind of in the mix. Is kind of making a little bit of a run, but it's going to be. I don't think I can win the league, but I have a chance at third. So it's. But I, I had some huge pitching blowups this weekend. It's, I tell you what, it's hard to find. It's hard to find pitchers that don't suck. Yeah, it it's it is. Really, and... It's really like not even even guys that like give me like six innings, four and runs. I can deal with that with some strikeouts. Like it's hard to find guys that aren't going two and two thirds with seven and runs right now. There's so many teams scoring runs like. Toronto mm-hmm. scoring twenty six runs a day or whatever they do, right? And I and I had their I had Hunjin Ryu yesterday. He gave up seven runs and two and a third or something. It's like, dude, just stay in the game for five. It's an automatic win when the, when you're hitting. It's Baltimore. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's super frustrating, you know. And I'm getting I'm going to get whipsawed. Like we had Josiah Gray and his two stepper la- a couple week, you know, uh, last week. That was a and bad then, one. That was a bad. Now bad someone's going to s- swoop in, uh, and and he'll probably be good this week. You know, it's just like one of those. And I just. I feel like I'm getting uh getting kind of whipsawed on this, and I'm I'm getting really frustrated. And the pitching has been tough. Like my hitting's holding strong. I like sixty points and hitting in our main event league are yeah. better of the two. But like thirty nine and pitching, and it just seems like every day we just can't get a win. It's frustrating. Yeah. So you're you're around hundred points though. I mean that's in a spot where if you make a run, you get you get a cash spot uh, pretty good there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's right. Um. And you know the thing is, uh. You know. You know. A week ago, like on this, like the, uh, I think uh, a week ago, Saturday, we're at 110 points. Oh, on yeah. Sunday, we're at 103. You know, it's like every Sunday, it's been tough. What is, uh, is like the leader way ahead? Like, where are you in that, in that mix? Oh, that's the Guilds League. Yeah, he's killing okay. us. And now Zimmerman has uh, passed us in second. And, you know, we're 10 points out of that. We're in fourth right now. Okay. So, but you know what? It's wild because it changes a lot yeah. more than you think for September. Yeah. If you're if you're in second, you wouldn't feel comfortable. So you know that in fourth, you you should feel that you can still make a run. So it's right. uh, we got three weeks left. Uh, you know, I've seen I've seen a lot of movement in many leagues over the last three weeks. So I'm trying to get there myself. Uh, yeah, it was it was a tough uh, tough pitching. It's hard to find. I I thought, I thought Fab this week was probably the toughest all year to find anybody that like seemed yeah. remotely interesting. We'll talk about some names, but you know, it's it's really digging, and you're really trying to find guys right now. Um, you know, luckily I have Max Scherzer on my team. So at least that was a, that was a bonus this week. That was, uh, that was nice. But I want before we get into fab and week 25, I want to ask you just because we're talking about our teams and stuff. Uh, what kind of lessons are you taking from this season? we got three weeks left. So I know we still want to talk about the season, but like, what have you, uh, 
what are you taking from this season to kind of make yourself uh, better next season? You know, there's always ways to improve. Obviously, you've done this forever, and you're very good at it. But uh, you know, what do you think you could do? Uh, what have you learned this year that uh, it maybe is going to be a little different? You know, I still haven't cracked that nut though. I, I, I'm not quite sure. I mean, one of the things is you know, pitching's falling apart, but some of that is just bad luck too. Like Giolito getting that hamstring thing right now on, on my best team yeah. Darvish going through a month long period where he couldn't pitch. Now he seems like at least his last start, he was okay. So that's good. I lost Bassett, you know, don't draft a pitcher that takes a line drive up the middle, I guess. Uh, right. Yeah. There's no, I mean, you know, I mean, that was, that was a great pick. He was pitching well and getting wins. I mean, he was leading the AL and wins when he got hurt. Yeah. We, I mean, we all have misses too. We all have bad luck. Like, I, I took a ninth round pick and set it on fire with Sergio Sanchez. I mean, it happens, but uh, Sixto Sanchez, Sixto, Sergio Sixto. God, I'm tired. Um, very tired, by the way. Sorry, you said Sergio, uh, and I was trying to figure out who I was missing to get that. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting all geared up for the Ryder Cup. That's it. Romo uh, Garcia hit the ball was, already, Sergio. I was cycling yeah. through them in my head, but uh, <laughs> I uh, I did the same thing. I, I one of my two mains, I took uh, Sixto in the ninth round, also, and it just. I don't know. I mean, one of those that it's a young pitcher, I guess he can always get hurt, but like the fact that he pitched no innings, I mean, that's just that, none, that's none at all. Zero. Just, so um, I've learned that it takes a lot of work to do well in these leagues. Um, we, we've talked a bunch of times how I just kind of had a weird um, rush of work in my regular life that uh, kind of took over in February, and March. I didn't have as much time to prep as I, I needed. And mm-hmm. um, it matters. Like it just, uh, I, you know, I know a, a ton about baseball, a ton of all these players and more than, you know, a, a random person to the table, but in these, like NFBC main event leagues, everybody's at that baseline. It's just, uh, yeah. I, I think it clearly matters. And there's just like those little things like in the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th round. Like I usually I'm like, oh, I know exactly who I want. And there I was like, oh, I'll just take these guys because they're there. And I think that um, it takes work to do well. And I don't think that uh, I, I quite had the time to put uh, enough in. And I think that that's affected me. You know, I'll say one other thing I've learned, and this is a positive learning experience. I'm better with a good partner. And Tim Schuler right. is a very good partner. Um, I, I, I usually hate having a partner in my fantasy baseball leagues cause I want all the control. I want to make all the moves. Right. Uh, and it, you know, I've partnered with other people who are really clearly smart at what they're doing, but at the same time, I just, I have had this control thing, but was that, you know, was that, was that shade at me right there? No, not at all. Actually. We, we partnered uh, on, well, on something, didn't we? Yeah. Last year though, That's but last right. year was weird. Last, yeah. And it was more of like a COVID charity uh, thing that we did. We donated money and stuff. So yeah. And yeah, well, it wasn't the NFC, NFBC website, yeah, right. you know, yeah. there, there's lots of reasons and it was a that weird web, year. Website was not good. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just, and, and that's, that's a really, that's a good positive thing to learn. Would you, so will you like, uh, you know, have him share both your teams? Do you like having one solo and one partner? How do you think? They, so he and I shared both main event teams okay. and I'm very happy for that. I mean, it, oh, it's huge for fab. It's really huge for fab. It kind of like, is okay, I can't let my like partner the, down. Is it huge for the actual like work time of doing it, or is it huge for like the discussion aspect of both, like bouncing both. ideas back? Work time and then just like the back and forth. It tempers me a little bit when I get, you know, when I want to overbid on a player. Although there and then there's times when I I'm in focus and I realize, okay, we, we need to go for it here. Right. Um, I think our fab has been better this year. Yeah, no, that's a, that's that's a good thing. That's a good lesson to learn. I mean, obviously, it depends on the partner. You have the right person of, you know, that uh, everybody can kind of take their roles and do stuff. But that's a, that's a, that's a good lesson. That's that's I, I didn't think I was gonna get good lessons from this, but I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, you know, we, we learn positive and negatives, right, all along. Yeah. Positive reinforcement, negative reinforcement. Same thing, like with when you're coaching or whatever. So, right. yeah. Yeah, my my I have a couple more, but my my second one is like I I think I get stuck into. Um, you know, I draft a player and say the twelfth round. I just kind of leave that player in, no matter what. And I don't like. I just don't look as close. Like the bottom yeah. half of my roster, I'm looking really close, and I'm like, I'm churning, and I'm when I do fab, I'm looking. I like, I look at the fan graphs and baseball small profiles. All these hasn't picking up, but like someone like say Carlos Santana as an example. Like I had him in my my one of my main event teams, and he was my corner, my first baseman. I just kind of left him in. I knew he wasn't doing that well, but I was like, oh, it's Carlos Santana. I'm just gonna leave him in. And like I look, you know, three months in, and he just does not doing anything. And there's it's like awful. It should have yeah. been. It should have been six weeks earlier that I realized that just because his name's Carlos Santana and I like him and he's been, he's done well in the past, and I always think he's a good value. Like six weeks earlier, I should have figured out that he's not an every week player for me. Right. Not and not only that, but knowing that okay, he's a corner infielder for me, and he's doing this. I need yeah. to realize that. Right. Frank Schwindel's of the world are sitting out there just yeah. waiting to be plucked. Oh, I'm good. I'm fine. I've got Carlos Santana. He's playing every day. Yep. No problem. Right. 
Okay, you got 2021, Carlos Santana. Look again. That look again is very key because I just get in a spot. So I'm like, oh, I know that player. He's fine. He's my first baseman. He's my corner. I just kind of leave him in there every week. And I don't even, like you said, I don't even look for new ones because, oh, I don't know. He's, he's, he's healthy. He's playing. I'm good. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, my other thing, and like, it's kind of thing we, we talked about in the preseason. Like, I just, I don't really focus a lot on the first couple rounds because I just think like I know all those players, like, and people talk about the first couple rounds so much and it kind of bores me. Like, especially when you're, you have your draft pick, like, you're picking nine, like the first six players. Like, I just don't need to study them that closely. But I wonder if I need to work more on the first and second round because I, I have struggled a lot in the first second rounds over the last like five or six years. I've had really good teams or really bad teams, but it seems like a common factor. I don't know if I'm just been unlucky in the rounds, and probably some of it is that, but like, I just don't like to attribute it to that. I just wonder if maybe, maybe I'm thinking like I know all these players, I can just pick one and be fine. And as long as they're healthy, I'm good. But like I got burned. I mean, I don't know if I could have figured out that Trevor Story wasn't gonna be a great play this year. I don't know if I could have figured out that Christian Yelich wasn't gonna be a great play. But um, it's been a lot of years. My first and second round picks have been uh, has been have been less than glorious. Yeah, I was gonna ask you. Let's dive into the specifics on those players because I mean, I didn't really hear too many people talking down Trevor Story. Maybe yeah. just a little bit once they traded away Arenado. Uh, yeah, but, but that was like you know maybe he's not worth the tenth pick, but maybe three or four picks later. But no, like right. He's going to hit 245 and hit whatever he has, 18. He might be up to 20 home runs now, but whatever it may be. I just mm-hmm. wonder. I, I I don't know. It, when it happens year after year, and I, I miss on a lot of first and second round picks. And then usually fine after that. I don't know if I'm missing something, if I'm not focusing on the rounds enough just because I just assume I know a lot about the players. Or maybe I just have hit a, hit a run of running into guys who slumped or got hurt or whatever it may be. You know, I, I – I'll – to be honest, I don't think you're doing. I don't think you're doing a whole lot wrong. I think you're. I think you're. I, I think you're being too harsh on yourself. Uh, this is my first guess. I mean, even look at story. I mean, okay, it hasn't been the greatest season, but you're still talking about a guy that's 21 homers and 18 stolen bases, 68 and 77. That's not killing you. I mean, it's not what you paid for in the first round, obviously. Right. But you're getting you're getting the category juice. You're just not getting quite as much as you thought you were getting in. He's not killing you. Uh, but, it, you know, maybe you could have said, you know, Yelich, Yelich, you might have been, you might be able to make an argument that maybe you I, need to take you, another look at him. You can make the argument because you took the other side of the argument in the preseason. I mean, we we talked about him and yeah. you thought that he was not, You, I, I forget what you had him ranked, but what, 25, 30, something like that. I mean, I'm ballparking, but you definitely yeah. did not think he should be the 10th player taken. And I probably should have looked deeper into whatever you looked into and, and realized that, but it was pretty thin. I'll be honest. It wasn't like a deep look. It was okay. He's striking out a lot more that like a lot more, but enough um, there that like, you know, you're not taking him in the third round. You're taking him as the 10th overall player. Like, is there enough there to maybe just take someone else and move on? And the yeah. thing with story is like, I think story probably gets a pass because I don't think we could have like, anticipated that he would go fully shut down mode, which he has. I mean, he's, he's attempted two stolen bases since the all-star break. And that's, an, I mean, I, I assume that's a effort want to do it thing. Cause he's, he's, he's has one steal since the break. That's, that's actually a really good point. I didn't realize it was that severe. Yeah, it's, um, 17, it's 17 at the all-star break. He has won 49 games. Yeah. I mean, the, the trade deadline, we all know he shut it down that day of, he, he fully expected to get traded at the trade deadline. Didn't. And realizes, okay, fine, I got to play out the season. And there's nothing to play for in Colorado. Right. I mean, they're they're really awful. And I, I I assume that like when he goes up to the plate, like he's he's an athlete that's competitive and never would get where he was if he wasn't competitive. He's trying really hard. But the stolen base thing is like an effort extra. Like maybe he just like I don't need to slide head first and potentially hurt myself right now for the team. Right. I don't know. I'm right. obviously reading into that. I'm psychoanalyzing the guy, but. Two attempted stolen bases in 49 games when you had 21 in the first 77. Either he's feeling something physically where he's not feeling well to run, or he's just decided he's shutting that part of his game down. Is he wrong for thinking that way? I mean, I think he's human for thinking that way. I mean, look, seriously, I why should he risk it? Yeah, I know. I think I think you're actually right. Like that's one of those things. Like he, he's got to go hit and play and all that. But if you don't need to steal a base where maybe you slide weird and pull something or tear something and it affects your next contract. I mean, I don't, I mean, he, I think he's probably feels like he's given Colorado everything he has. And maybe these last two months, he doesn't need to do quite that. And Colorado hasn't given him everything exactly. that they have. Yeah. Um, I, I, there's something to that. You know, Colorado is actually not terrible right now. They're 12 games under 500. They're, they're nowhere near the universe of the Arizona Diamondbacks, for instance, or the pirates or the nationals even. Um, 
It's they're, they're actually because they're out. really they're really good at home. Weirdly, they just don't lose. It's crazy yeah. how good they are at home. Yeah, and remarkably horrible on the road. I mean, it it, it, it couldn't be. They're eighteen games over five hundred at home, and they're thirty games under five hundred on the road. That that is the weird. I mean, yes, we all know they have this huge split, but you know, their their pitchers still have to pitch at Coors Field. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy. The craziest thing is that they still have a better record on the road than the Diamondbacks do. Yeah, yeah. The Diamondbacks, it, it, are, Diamondbacks are nineteen and fifty three on the road. I mean, it's unfathomably bad how That's the Arizona's become. In, it's hard to do in baseball. Like you baseball, like you're gonna win some games, you're gonna have some well pitched games, you're gonna hit. Nineteen to fifty three is tough to do. Yeah, you know the the Baltimore Orioles are a laughing stock franchise right now, right? You know they gave they gave up three touchdowns today, uh, <laughs> and a, and a two point conversion. Yeah, um, they're only one game worse than the Diamondbacks, and the Diamondbacks. Some people thought were like a credible threat to be at least five hundred this year. You didn't see them 46 games back of the Giants in, in April? <laughs> of the Giants, yeah, too. right? Which is amazing because, by the way, the Dodgers never – the Dodgers seem to win a lot, and they just don't – they never – they never get games, they lose some games. Never. The Giants never lose. It's insane. They won seven in a row. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. They had that big showdown series. Dodgers, you know, I think yeah. they, they tied them at one point, and now they've won seven in a row. Like, yeah, I think they went. I think they might have gone up a half game, and then they got it right back. And now they're two and back to two and a half. The crazy thing about division is the Padres are eighteen and a half back of the Giants. Yeah, yeah, it's Padres are hanging on for dear life in the uh, wild card race. Uh, they they're they're tied with the Reds still. That's kind of a race to the bottom, though. I mean, neither team's playing well. If you are Dave Roberts, I assume Max Scherzer is your wild card game pitcher. Yeah, it sucks to kind of waste him for that game, but yeah. Yeah, but you have then you have Walker Bueller to throw game one of. The, I mean, it's just there. It's a it's a it's a luxury to be uh, to be making those decisions. But at least yeah. you have a sec- having a second ace where you don't feel like you quite it doesn't hurt as quite as much to burn your first one is pretty big. Right. We'll see what they get out of Kershaw in the last couple of weeks here. Yeah. But because if the Yankees make them. that game, they throw Cole, and then all of a sudden, what the hell do they do to start a series like that? That matters a lot, especially with Tyon hurt right now. Yeah. I, that, it's crazy. I mean, that, the AL wild card is literally three East teams within a game of each other. It's a, it's a wild stuff. And, and what yeah, a run by Toronto! Oh my gosh! It's been, it's been all, I, I'm actually I'm rooting for them. I mean, I just you know, Red Sox Yankees are always there. I, I think it'd be fun to see Toronto. Um, they can just get any kind of pitching down the stretch. Their offense is so crazy on fire right now that yep. Um, they're I think they're I think they're the best team right now. They're playing they're definitely playing the best. Obviously, they've won. They've started another th- streak. They won three in a row now. But I mean, they're. 140 runs better in run differential than the Yankees are. Yeah, but 80 of them happened this weekend. So, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> a good point. It's a fair point. Yeah. They're, they're playing Baltimore. They're facing Baltimore's pitching is almost not fair. Yeah. I mean, just, Toronto is Baltimore team four. Has, Baltimore has nobody to get those guys out. It's just, it's, it's insane to watch because they just have no, they can't get them out. And I, I truly feel bad for the front office in Baltimore and especially the, the coaching staffs uh, because they didn't sign up for this or maybe they, you know, they maybe they had an idea, but this is all ownership driven. It's you know waiting for Angelos to kick the bucket and then for them to sell the team. And you look at those box scores, like the guy, the starter goes three and gives up seven. The next guy comes, he comes in, pitches two, gives up seven more. It's just, it's rough. Yeah. Well, last night they have a no hitter going into the seventh inning. Yeah. And then they give up eleven runs. <laughs> the Tor- Toronto's been crazy with some of their wins. A couple of those yeah. wins against the A's were crazy. Like they've had some. They've had some fun comeback. I mean, and, you, and then you get the A's who lose two out of three at home to Texas. Another bullpen, utter disaster on Saturday. I just, I don't know, three weeks left. They're, they're three games back. I mean, it's still in reach, but boy, they feel like a just dead man walking right now. Kind of tough times for our Reds and our A's right now. Yeah, I mean, when I, when I don't feel good about a seven to two lead, what was it yesterday? Six to two lead in the eighth against Texas. I mean, yeah. and Jonah Heim and Leota Tavares are hitting bombs off your bullpen. Like, it's just... And Cole Irvin hadn't pitched well. Pilot finally throws seven really good innings, and they lose. It's just, uh, it's it's just it feels like it feels not meant to be. I'm not giving up. You still got three weeks left. You can get hot, but and they tend to like get hot at weird times. But that that bullpen is an absolute disaster. It is, and it's not for lack of trying to improve it too. That's the thing that's so weird. Yeah, I mean, you know? they they signed Chafin, who has or traded for Chafin, who has been really good. He he blew up on uh, he, I mean, it was it was mostly Romo, but he came in and kind of uh, added some fuel to the fire on Saturday. He's been really good otherwise, but I mean, everybody else in that pen is just. And yeah. the, I mean, the Trevor Rosenthal thing was just a bad break, and you know, you sign yeah. you sign your closer, be most expensive player, and he doesn't pitch an inning. I mean, it's uh, 
you could blame the front office some, but at least they, at least they did try and prove the bullpen. It just didn't work. Yeah, this isn't like the Reds just giving away Iglesias. You know, yeah. it, it's different. So let's jump into a little, little bit quick at look at week 25 before we get into fab. Um, not a not a huge week. We only have, it looks like, six teams or seven games. The Padres, Giants, Rangers, Rays, Astros, and Yankees. Um, if you have any Brewers, uh, they do play five games this week, so they're definitely at a, uh, a disadvantage this week. They're the only team with five. Uh, mm-hmm. No AL, no AL DHs in NL parks. Just nice. All the inter- interleague series are in AL parks. Um, looking at schedules, though, it's uh, it's a it's the, it's a rich get richer week. The the Astros um, four at Texas, three against Arizona is a really good uh, setup for them. The Yankees get uh, one against Minnesota, three at Camden Yards, and three against Cleveland. Like that's a really good setup too. The Rays uh, get Toronto and Detroit, uh, and Toronto's good, but you're pitching, you don't really too scared of it. And the Red Sox get Seattle and Baltimore. There's gonna be a lot of runs in the AL East this week. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Bishop Sycamore decided to have a baseball team, and they just they just no hit the Indians too. So it's it's, it's crazy. They've been no hit no no hit three times, right? Yeah, and four really if you count the Tampa Bay seven inning game. Oh, that's right. And then I think today, like Eric Lauer with the first five with with no hits, and I was like, it's yeah, insane. We're, we're doing this yeah. again. It's, it's it's wild. I mean, they have a couple of good hitters there, but they just. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's rough there. I mean, three times in one year is I think that's a new record. I don't think it's ever been done before. Dude, we've had the nine no hitters this year. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's so weird. usually with the end of the year, and I can like remember the exact like two or three no hitters. I couldn't even come close to naming the nine guys who threw no hitters right now. Oh, I know, and uh, not even uh, not even close. No, no. Is, is nine counting the seven inning ones or no? I don't think so. I thought I saw it was nine. There are two of those, I, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's just crazy. The Rays one and then Bumgarner, right, with the two seven inning ones. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it should be. I mean, we got three weeks left. Uh, obviously, we talked about this last week, but you are, at this point of the year, you are really focusing on categories. Like, I went through my teams tonight and, like, really figured out like, where I can gain if I'm three runs behind, if I'm 30 runs behind. It fully makes a difference who I'm starting, who I'm picking mm-hmm. up, what I'm what I'm looking for. You know, I, I need strikeouts. So, I kind of made my, uh, you know, who I was okay picking up for two starts. I extended that a little further out than I normally do just because – you know, eight to 10 strikeouts means a lot to me. And I, I, you know, risking a blow up, you know, that, that might hurt me in ratios, but I know I can gain in K's. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you're in, you know, fourth, third or fourth place, you got to go for it. Cause there's no, uh, if you get blown up and don't catch up in the K's anyway, it's not going to matter. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, I could, I could play it safe and throw relievers out there and just stick where I am, but there, there's just no point in doing that. Yeah, exactly. So you guys, uh, you mentioned you're in fourth. Do you guys have exact categories that you can really, uh, go aggressive after or how do you uh how are you guys kind of attacking these last three weeks it is all about the starting pitching okay that's all it is i mean we just have to get some wins we have to get some k's and we're hurting on all that are the ratios like uh gaps in between there or can you really gain or fall on on ratios so era we're at we've climbed all the way to 393 i mean we're really bad now next one next one above us is 383 oh, and below meant, us is four like actually going up in the number of not your era number not your number in the standings yeah i mean it, you know the, the thing for us is it's all about wins we're sitting at 73 wins we are tied with three other teams with 73 wins there's oh. a team below us at 72 there's two teams above us at 74 uh guilds is at 76 another team's at 77 i it's all if we get wins. That's I mean that's why you guys move up and down so far every day. Then yeah, that, that could be that could be a three or four point move just on a win or two. Exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. Are you going after two starting pitchers that you would never touch normally? Or are you trying to like find some middle yeah. reliever wins? Like how are you? What are you doing? We are going after pitchers I've never heard of before. <laughs> you know, that's first funny. guy on our outline is Dietrich Ends. I mean. Yep. justifies the means of us doing it. But other than that, I mean, no, I, it, you know, the thing is, I'll be honest, this time of year is really tough. School yep. has started. I'm coaching soccer. My kids are playing volleyball. Football just started. I mean, just, you got 10 hours of football on TV today. And while that is like not life impacting, like it impacts your life. You're watching. You're yeah. Attention. You well, work professionally full time in this world. Like you have to know what happened today. Right. And, the baseball grid channel doesn't exist on Sundays now. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's that. Uh, so you really have to affirmatively go look for all these guys. Yeah. So let's get into fab. Uh, but first a note from our, our sponsor, uh, WinBet. There's one thing we appreciate here at Rotowire. It's making good decisions and even more so it's making the right decision. Listen up. I have an incredible offer for you with Rotowire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. 
WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more all at your fingertips. Do you want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino, take a spin on roulette, double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all RotoWire listeners a risk free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W Y N N B E T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I put Diedrich Enns first in our list just because I find him really interesting. He's 30 years old. Um, I looked at 2019 AAA. Dude had a 16% strikeout rate. 2021 AAA, so this year with the Rays organization, 32% strikeout rate. Jeez. I, it's the weirdest, wackiest thing. I I assume maybe he's increased in velocity or figured something out. Maybe working with the Rays figured something out. Maybe during the you know the, the COVID, uh, the alt-site kind of stuff, he figured something out. But I don't know. I mean, the, the only problem is it's at the Rays, and he probably will throw four innings. Um, they said that he's good to for up to 75 pitches. I took a couple stabs just because I, I liked the, the strikeout upside. I like the fact that he plays for a good team, pitches for a good team, good defense behind him. Seven innings is tough, though. Like, that's probably four innings, but maybe a shot at five. He's super efficient. And if he strike out that many guys, uh, maybe he won't be that efficient. Yeah. Um, they're they're kind of pushed into this situation. McClanahan went on the I.L. Archer went on the I.L. They yep. gave away Rich Hill for reasons. Uh, I I don't know. You know, it, it's, it's tough. I, I doubt that he's going to go – more than four innings though yeah. it, it, that's the tricky part i mean they're, they're nine games up so they have no i mean mcclanahan and archer like they have no reason to bring those guys back until they're fully ready and i kind of get the feeling that mcclanahan was like a hey take a break kind of thing anyway yeah um so, i mean which is i i think it's smart i mean the dodgers did it the dodgers have done it for a couple of years to do mm-hmm. with the 10-day DL. you just it's just a smart thing to do but um i don't know I, I found a little i found him a little interesting but you're right i think the concern is that he goes out there and throws four innings and they're up four to nothing he leaves the game and that will be frustrating yeah. Uh, so really wasn't in on him, but I can see it. I mean, last time out, he was great against the Tigers guy, and that's who he's facing this week. Six yep. Ks and four innings, no hits, no walks, but he was cruising. They still pulled him after four. It that's was the, the, uh, the rematch against the Tigers, which I, I liked. I mean, the Tigers have not been a complete, uh, a complete rollover. They're like eight games under 500. They've actually, uh, they've actually been better than I think we thought, but um, you know, still a matchup that you do want to uh, try and attack as you're kind of streaming guys down the stretch here. Um, 
Luis Gill was uh, he was taken in a, a lot of minutes. I think he was like seventy percent owned, uh, available in a lot of twelve teamers. Uh, getting called up, he's taken uh, Jamison Tyon's spot in the uh, rotation to get called back back into the rotation. Scheduled to throw twice this week, uh, both at home against Minnesota and Cleveland. Obviously, the Yankees are a team that can score some runs. Um, if you need wins, he's an interesting guy. The ERA has been really good, but holy hell, the walks are scary right now. He has 11 walks in his last two outings. That's an, yeah, that's an, that's seven in his last outing. Yeah. It is Minnesota. It was Toronto last time in Boston before that. Now he gets Minnesota and Cleveland. We all know we just alluded to Cleveland as, yeah. as maybe a team we want to face. Maybe attacks the zone a little more against those teams than he would against the the big boppers and the other two. Minnesota can hurt you though. They can. They're, they're, yeah. yeah, that's the one thing. I mean, we 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 talked last week about Jorge Polanco uh, and just that, how good he's been. Is, his second half's been awesome. Every day I look up, boom, he's done it yeah. again. Yeah, he's having a huge second half. Uh, Twenty nine percent strikeout rate for Gill. I mean, we've seen him pitch. He throws throws like ninety nine, throws hundred, so he can he can get you there. The ERA is one four two. I think that uh, you know a little bit of fortune in there considering his walk rate. But you're looking for wins. You're looking for two starts. Uh, he was kind of at the top of my list where he was available. Yeah, he he went for like seventeen bucks in my uh, most competitive main event league. Yeah, that's uh, that's about. I mean, and nobody has money left, so that's a pr- that's a pretty big bid right there. Yep, um, yep, and you get two starts this week. Yeah, I mean that, the, that's big for the strikeouts and the and the wins. If you're attacking those, it's it's hard to find two start guys that you're you know even remotely a little bit excited about watching when when you see them right. Them and then he might not start again if uh, Tyon's back in time. So that that's is the true. Other thing. Yeah. That, is, that is possible. Maybe he gets some some bullpen innings for you over the weekend, something like that. But right, um, a guy we talked about last week pitched well again this week. Only twenty three percent owned in the NFPC twelve event lead is Joe Ryan. Um, this dude looks good. He had one hit against 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 the Cleveland, but um, yep. seven seven. Who innings. he faces next time out? Yep. That's, that's also true. Seven innings, one hit, no walks, four strikeouts. Um, dude looks good. This seems like he's actually a pretty legit uh, prospect slash pitcher right now. Yeah, he does. Uh, only thing is, like, you know, they, they they're not going to try to get him for two starts this week, but you would get two starts the following week, yep. which are against the Cubs. You know, believe it or not, the Cubs are playing good ball right now. Yeah, but... suddenly, suddenly Ian Happ decided he's going to be Ian Happ again after everybody in the world had dropped yeah, him. Exactly. Uh, we were, Fred and I were talking about that on Tuesday, and they tore up the Reds the next two days too. Uh, but he gets the Cubs and then the Blue Jays next week if he does get two starts. But things change. Uh, but that that's what he's tentatively lined up for it, uh, for next week. So, it, it, you know, the thing is, it's either get Cleveland and the Blue Jays this week or you get the Cubs and the Blue Jays next week. Yeah, it's just the Blue Jays. That's just not someone I want to get. But if it's part of a right. two-start week, sometimes you got to suck it up. Um, and he's been pitching really well. I think he. I watched his last start against Cleveland. He looked. I mean, he looked the part. He looked really good. Yeah. Uh, did you even uh, think about entertaining uh, John Gray? The Rockies are on the road this weekend. He has two starts. Obviously, better than being in cores. Uh, pitched really well this week. He faced the uh, he faced the Giants. I know he gave three runs, but you know, in cores, eight strikeouts, five innings. Um, six hits and a walk. Like I'll take that outing in, in cores against obviously the Giants, who are the best team in baseball. Um, he's at Atlanta this week and at Washington. The first one is a little bit scary. The second one's a little less scary. As you know, Washington's not quite the team they were, um, you know, a few months ago or last year. Uh, 4.2 ERA and 130 innings. Strikeout rates kind of middling at 23 percent. Walk rates kind of middling at nine and a half percent. He's always John Gray, but it's two starts and he might strike some guys out. The weird thing about John Gray is he's got a 154 uh, WHIP. Uh, on the road he is way worse on the road than at home 115 at home 154 on the road that's wild that's not a good whip no um so no i I didn't go aggressively against him i mean for him i should say probably won't go aggressively against him either but uh i had uh i had six bucks on him and lost to a seven dollar bid and i i wonder if maybe that was maybe someone saved me for myself yeah yeah sometimes you know someone intervenes for you there it does. It does happen. I wish people had intervened on many other of my bids this year, but uh, that would be nice. Uh, did you do anything with that Angels guy? One of the best names in baseball, Packy Naughton. Uh, two starts a week. The first one's at the White Sox, which is not ideal, although he pitched really well against the Padres in San Diego this week. Uh, five innings, two hits, two walks, uh, no earned runs, five strikeouts. Uh, I looked at his uh, his his, uh, his year in AAA so far this year, and the ERA is like 4-8 over 56 innings. Strikeout is twenty one percent. As I got deeper into Packy Naughton, I was less interested uh, in anything but his name. Yeah, uh, I, I just imagine all the fun and hilarity and a road game against the White Sox. I, I just think of like Tom Pachork saying Naughton all the time there, but uh, going old school there. But uh, Greg Norton, 
Becky Naughton. Uh, no. Uh, lefty in in New Comiskey. I'm not going to call it by its proper name. New Comiskey it should be all the time. You know, it's great. I don't know what its proper name is, and I'm kind of I'm good with that. Yeah, uh, I, I am too. Uh, so another sponsor we'll never get, but that's okay. <laughs> There you uh, go. Sorry, but, I just wrote a sponsor for your company. I'm sorry. A lefty against the White Sox in Chicago. Yeah. Hey. Tim Anderson's back. You go Anderson. Anderson, Eloy, Abreu, Luis Robert, Grandal hitting from the right side. Like, I'd say Moncada, but he's not going to do any damage. But um, yeah, not on my watch. That's for sure. Yeah, it's just that is not a place I want to throw a lefty in. And that's, I just backed off once I kind of thought about all that. But yep. two starts again and off a good start. I'm sure some people picked him up, but uh, it was not me. Nope, not me here either. What about uh, Drew Rasmussen in, in Tampa has been pitching really well? And this is a situation where he's slated to pitch twice this week, uh, but the first one's at Toronto. And I'm like, oh, my God, here we yeah. go again. But he's been pitching really well. He de- Again, it's the Rays. He doesn't go deep, but he's thrown in five innings in two of his last three. But he's made five starts in a row since they brought him from the, out from the bullpen. Uh, he's given up one earned run in four of those, zero in another. So, I mean, this is a guy that has – even if he doesn't go five, he's not hurting you, which is I think is there's some value in that too. Um, tough matchup. It's at Toronto, but the second starts homing is Detroit. You got like your chances for getting a, if you can get through five, a good chance getting a win with, you know, Tampa bats against Detroit pitching. Uh, strikeout rates about 25%. Uh, walk rates about 9%. It just kind of falls in that middling range, but uh, he's been pitching really well. I honestly, I, uh, he has been, but there's not much K upside. And, you know, you have to be really chasing wins to kind of go after him and hoping that he gets five. Yeah, you have to hope he gets exactly five because he's not throwing more than five. No, no, it's the Rays we're talking about here. So who did you go after? You mentioned you guys picked up some starters you've never heard of. Um, who did you go know, after that? I, I, that I, I I'm being a little of. facetious, but I have heard of them. But Jake Woodford I, I, and I Taylor made, Hearn. Oh, I like Taylor Hearn. Yeah, it's just one start, him, though. I picked him up uh, two weeks ago in the main event. He's made two really good starts. He pitched against yeah. the A's today, pitched well, got a win. And I think it was against the Angels last start. He gave up, uh, he pitched really well. And he gave up a two-run homer to a Joe Adele in the like the seventh, like right before right. he got out of the game. But um, two No, I like him row. too. I do I, like him. I feel like Texas is going like an eight-man rotation. though. He throws like every Sunday or every Saturday. Like there's just no, there's no turnover there at all. You're never going to get two starts. But uh, he's at least been, he's at least been decent. But I think they face, he faces the White Sox this week, right? Yeah. Uh Yes, he does. At least it's in yeah. Texas. It is, but still a lefty again. We're talking the same situation as with uh, with with your boy Packy. Um, that's uh, it's true. Just, it scares it scares me that lineup. I think I, I still have him. I haven't dropped him because I he pitched, pitched so well, and I think he has a decent outing, the, the or a decent start the week after. So I kept him, but I'm not starting him this week. Yeah, well, I mean, basically we're playing like eight six offsuit right now. We're trying to find these guys and trying to hit a flop. And are you yeah, are you going like grim. eight? Eight starters in a reliever? Or are you going super extreme with your build? It's possible. Possible. Uh, I, I think we should. Uh, but we lost McClanahan. We lost uh, Stephen Brault. I mean, when you lose Stephen Brault, what do you, <laughs> you're saying. not really losing. Yeah. But, yeah, we're probably going to have to load up. Uh, we, we went pretty heavy on uh, closers last week, but wins are where it's at. Hopefully, we're going to get Giolito back this week. That's That would be big. He's, pitching, uh, he's supposed to be Tuesday, right? Yep, supposed to. So we'll get him going. Uh, and only be yeah. one start, but I think he's scheduled to throw two the week after. So if you can get if you get three starts out of him the next two weeks, that's pretty big. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, relievers, if you know, there's a lot of leagues where saves are close. We mentioned Andrew Chafin before, did blow the save on Saturday for the A's, but uh, pitching well, um, I think he's the only guy that Melvin remotely trusts right now. And how can you blame him? You can't. So I think that anything, he can go two innings. I don't know. They're they're a team that should still be in some games. They're in a lot of games. They don't win a lot of games, but they're in them. Um, if I'm betting on the next save in Oakland, it's uh, it's Chafin for me. Yeah, I think you're right. What about in Baltimore? We talked about how bad that team is, but uh, Tyler Wells had two saves. We did blow the game against Toronto, but like they've been cycling through some guys. I even forget the guy you had him in the first six weeks of the season. Garcia? No, what was his name? Castro. Uh, Castro. Former Oakland A. Yeah, he was like 36 or something, right? Is but, it Miguel you know, Castro? Change up off. No, nah, it was change up off for a change up. I, I should it was probably. a lot of change ups. This is this is embarrassing. This is also me just being very tired. Uh, let's. I can't think of his name. It, I thought it was Miguel Castro, but that's not right. That's a different guy. Yeah. Fantasy year to date. Let's go here. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> Come on here. Uh, man. 
I just look at your team and figure it out too. I could do that. I'm looking at the wrong team though. I had them on the other team, I think. Sorry, bear with me. This is just awesome, awesome podcasting right here. Cesar Valdez. That's it. There you go. Cesar Valdez. So they kind of been sucking their guys, but I, I feel like Tyler Wales actually like might be a pretty decent pitcher. Um, he throws hard. It throws 95. His swing strike rate is 13.8%, um, 31% strikeout rate, 5.5% walk rate. Like guy that strikes a bunch of guys doesn't walk anybody. Um, you know, it's the Orioles. You're not going to get a lot of wins, but had two saves last week. Uh, if I had to bet on the next Orioles save, I think I think they go back to Wells, even though he blew the game against Toronto. And, you know, three weeks a team could win six, seven games, and those saves might be big if you're bunched up. Kind of like your league is with wins. There's other leagues like just like that. Saves. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Cole Solcer didn't really do anything wrong to lose the job. No. And, you, know, you know, when you, pitching, your team loses out. 20 in a row, I mean, that's, that's kind of hard to get saves. They, they did lose 20 in a row, didn't they? That yeah. was uh, – yeah, and that's not a good run, but not um, even. And, and it wasn't like they were barely losing these games. No. It wasn't like Solcer was blowing. It wasn't there like was, our Reds was, or our A's blowing yeah. games. There was one one run loss in there. Yeah, there was a solitary one. But I think maybe it's a, it's more of a thing. Like I think maybe they want to look at Wells in the ninth inning, kind of see what they got thinking about uh, thinking about next year and um, but that. But um, Pittsburgh's an interesting situation right now. They're another team that uh, they've actually had a few wins in there. Um, Chris Stratton has been getting a couple saves lately. Um, David Bednar has been a little banged up. He was not available the last couple of days. Uh, Stratton has been better as a reliever. He was not good as a starter, but has kind of built himself up. He's throwing harder. He's throwing 93. Swing strike rate's over 12%. Um, if you're desperate for saves, I think that Stratton is probably the next couple saves as we kind of wait to see if, if Bednar is going to be uh, be uh, back pitching or not. Sure. You know, it's like, you know, just like a lot of pitchers. Oh, he's throwing harder because he's going max effort. Right. But if you, I mean, I'm, and I'm talking 15 teamers on this one, both with Stratton and Wells. If you are, you know, if three saves makes a huge difference to you, I think they're both guys that um, are. If if they're not the if they're not the guy right now, they're at least uh, you know part of a two man thing where they they're gonna get some they're gonna get some save offs. Yep, I think that's right. And then the last thing I want to talk about, we talked about a couple weeks ago. Rowan Wick is still 17 percent owned in the NFC 12 teamers. Um, he's a guy that's actually really good. Um, he he's, he pitched two innings the last couple couple outings. Um, he's had three saves the last two weeks. And the Cubs are kind of like you mentioned earlier, they're kind of hitting a little bit. The Patrick Wisdom has twenty five home runs. I was kind of jumped out to me. I have all these guys on my team that don't have twenty five a year, and he has twenty five already. Uh, you mentioned Schwindel, Ian Haps, and back. So they're actually, they're they're winning a few games here and there. Um, I think Rowan Wick is clear. They're, they're definitely trying to get a look at him. Uh, he pitched a little bit last year as a closing role. I think they're clearly he's clearly the guy right now in Chicago. Yeah, I'd agree with that. If you need if you need saves in twelve, I mean, a lot, I know there's like a lot of guys available. When we talk about twelve teamers, I don't stress quite as much in the draft about saves just because there's always guys available late in the season. This is an example. I mean, seventy percent known for a guy that is clearly in the role um, is is pretty crazy. Yeah, he's he's pitching well too. Yes, yeah. I think he's actually a pretty good pitcher too. I think he's probably their closer yeah. next year, which is uh, which is interesting. they're It'll using him a, occasionally in two hitting outings. Yeah. That's that could work for you or against you. It depends. It seems you know. like when they do it, it's like eighth and ninth, which I guess is yeah. can, can work too. So yep. um, let's talk about some hitter fab, but first a note from our sponsor, Vivid Seats. The summer is coming to an end, which means only one month until postseason baseball. There's no better place than Vivid Seats to watch your team race towards the postseason. So grab your Major League Baseball tickets, maybe a stadium hot dog or two, and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Even better, they have a rewards program designed to provide real rewards for fans. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game to see your favorite performer or the new show everyone's talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. So hitting hitting it was tough this week. I really struggled to find hitters. Um, Brian Dela Cruz in Miami playing every day, hitting 338, 145 plate appearances, only four home runs and a steal. But if you need at bats, batting average, some runs, playing every day, 40% hard hit rate. Um, I kind of felt like he in the 15 teamers, he was the most interesting of the outfielders, and it was not a not a good crop of guys to bid on this week. No, it wasn't. Uh, but what do you expect in middle of September? You know, it's it's all about like, okay, sort by most at bats in the last two weeks, almost basically, and, and hope Actually, that you. I'm, I'm at the point where I do seven days, just because everything changes so much now. I'm just like anybody yeah. over like 22 at bats. I, I, I kind of look at it to see if they're remotely interesting, and a lot of them are not. A lot of them hit, you know, 080 over the last 25 at bats. I'm like, oh, cross him off. But there's a uh, uh, De Cruz. You look at this. You look at uh, you know in Triple A with Houston. He was he hit uh, 324 and 293 paid appearances at 12 home runs. He's a guy who seems to hit well for average. Been good, a b- good batting average guy in the minors since 2018. Um, 
there's a lot of leagues where batting averages, you know, 0.01 gives you a couple spots. If that's if that's your spot, you've been throwing, you know, guys out there who are hitting 200 or guys who are struggling. I think that Dela Cruz is a nice uh, swap out for one of your outfielders who maybe you just kind of left in there because you haven't thought about it, but he's hitting 220. If the Astros are giving up on a hitting outfielder that's it's doing pretty well in AAA, go ahead and take a chance on him. It seems to work pretty well. It's worked out a few times, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Brad Miller, speaking of not young guys who are hitting well, uh, he's eligible at four positions, which right now in the season, that's really important. You know, he gets guys yeah. get banged up. Like I had JD Martinez, uh, you know, Friday came out that he was having some back spasms. Like I was able to swap Matt in a couple spots and he's just someone like Brad Miller is eligible everywhere is, is really key. And, uh, this is a, a very like team specific play. If you need home runs, he's a good guy right now. Batting average is not going to help you hit 230, but no. 18 home runs, hard hit rates over 50%, barrel rates 12.4%. He's clearly swinging and trying to hit for power. It's a clear, he's clearly changed his approach to just become a power hitter. Um, if you need power and you kind of have a batting average uh, cushion, you don't really care about that, or you're so bad in batting, it doesn't matter. I think right. Milo's a really nice ad right now. They, they face four righties this week, so you can, you can throw them probably out there for most of the week. Um, I think he's pretty usable right now. Yeah, I would even say, yeah, throw bat. I mean, unless you're like super tight in batting average, yeah, you know, it's two weeks. You know, you throw caution to the wind. I mean, either he hits homers for you or he doesn't. Um, And if he hits homers for you, chances are he's getting a couple other hits mixed in there. And, you know, you just, you get your 260 and you move on. No, it's it's a, it's a fair point. He's eligible at four positions. I mean, you got to be able to move that guy around like that in, in these last few, the last three weeks is, is very important. Yep. A guy we talked about last week, kind of in the Joe Ryan vein, but just noting again because he's he's very uh, he's still owned a twelve teamers. Lane Thomas uh, still leading off every day for the Nationals. Um, he's not hitting especially uh, high, but he's hitting well lately. He has uh he's hit, he has hits in eleven of his last thirteen games. He has fourteen runs in his last sixteen games. We yeah. talked about power guys. We talked about batting average guys. Um, Lane Thomas, to me, is a runs guy. If you are, you know, two or three runs is a couple of points in your league. He's leading off every single day. Um, you know, if once he gets on base, he had a three on homer today. I mean, I just, you know, he's averaging almost a run per game over the last two weeks. And that is, uh, that's big if you're in a tight run spot. Because that's going to be, it can be a, a category that's hard to find because everybody that hits in the top half of the line is always taking the leads. That's true. Yeah. Uh, they, he faces Alcantara, Luzardo, Taylor Rogers to start the week. I don't love that. I don't love uh, that either. Then he gets Colorado, so Freeland, Feltner, John Gray. Okay, maybe that's a little bit better. So it's not the greatest matchup-wise uh, uh, week for him there. And he's uh, he's oh he is right-handed, so I guess he at least he's, he's he's the opposite hand against uh, against Lazardo and Rogers. That helps a little. bit. That's true. That's true. But, Guarantees he'll be in the lineup at least. Yeah. So I mean, it's just if you need runs, I think he's uh, he's he's kind of the prime Fab guy right now. If you need runs, just because he's leading off. Every single day. I mean, he's hit, I think he's played 20 games in a row all at leadoff. So um, yep. you're not going to find that on, on Fab very often because nope. there aren't, uh, most of those guys are, are really good players that are taken. Um, it was in the Brad Miller older player vein. Uh, Evan Longoria is back. He is, uh, he's uh, playing a, a good amount for the Giants, not playing quite every day, but you know, 55% hard hit rate. And when he's playing, he's hitting the ball hard. He was really good early in the year before he got hurt. 14% barrel rate, uh, 11 home runs. I think it's just a, a spot here where, if you need runs and RBIs, he play he's hits in a really good lineup. He's gonna score runs, he's gonna drive in runs just based on the fact there's guys around him that will drive him in or be on base. Uh, feels to me like he's a he's a runs RBI category kind of play for me right now. Yeah. Uh he hasn't been able to stay on the field, but when he has played, he's got a 925 OPS going into today. Crazy, right? Like that's he's yeah. been really good when he's played. Yep. I don't know what the Giants what they'll do in the playoffs. I don't know. I guess they'll, they'll keep mixing and matching. They have a lot of guys in a lot of different spots, which is uh, right. That's what really, they do. Uh, Really worked and it's uh it's worked really well for him. Yeah, that's what they do best. Last hitter. Um, if you are struggling at catcher, which a lot of us are, if you picked up Kiebert Rees, he hasn't really done a lot. If you need someone else, uh, James McCann is back and playing uh, a bunch. Um, you know, he's hitting only 239. He doesn't have a lot, he hasn't done a lot, but uh, you know, someone that I think is you're if you're hoping to get hot for two or three weeks, you mentioned like it's two or three weeks. Uh, we've seen James McCann catch fire, solid hard hit rate, 41% down a little bit from the last couple of years, but uh Five RBIs over the weekend. I think he feels like maybe you got a chance to run to a hot streak where you don't really have that with a lot of the catchers that are rostered. Yeah, that's right. It's so hard to find guys that are even playing, let alone playing that yeah. have, have some sort of ceiling. Yeah, and he was only like 70% uh, rostered in the main event. And it was way lower than that in, in 12-teamers. So he's someone that was actually available this weekend. And finding catchers is not easy. Um, it's it's always difficult. If you find one, um, hang on to them. I, I added Mike Zunino in the main event. It's actually been really, really key for me. It helped me in. Uh, so help me in home runs. Obviously, never hit for batting average, but I think he, what's he have twenty eight home runs or something like that. That's crazy. 
And you just want to find some find a catcher that helps you in one category. That's all. Right. Yeah, just give me someone that uh, it doesn't hurt me across the board. He has 29, 29 home runs. That's, that's great. How many RBIs do you think his 29 home runs come with? 50. It's a good guess. 56. Yeah. I mean, you ask the question, you frame it like that, of course. It's going to yeah, be. Yeah, but I mean, he low. hits, he hit ninth for a lot of the year. So, you know, he's probably not the best OBP guys on right in front of him. But, uh, I don't know. 29 home runs is uh, is a spot that you, it's one category he's been really, really good in, which is, is very helpful. Indeed. Yeah. If it wasn't for uh, if it wasn't for Salvador Perez, he could have he could make a run at the most home runs for a, a catcher, but Sal Perez has blown that out of the water. Different universe. Different universe. Um anybody else uh, fab wise you guys are picking up or really looking at? I feel like I kind of hit all the fringy names, but is there anybody else that you guys really uh really wanting to grab uh, this week? No, not really. Yeah, there really wasn't. There really wasn't a ton out there. But you know, these are guys that if you can get, like you said, you can get hot for two or three weeks. Uh, players that you don't expect can really help you. I had uh, Gregor Blanco a couple years, about five, six years ago. Got to, got like scored like four runs the final weekend and won a won a league for me. So it's uh, there's yeah. no name. There's no name guys could do it because they're playing. They're getting at bats. They're you know these are still major league hitters and they can they can they can uh, help help you out in a certain category. I tried to break it down into certain categories that you, that people were attacking. But hopefully that helps out a little bit. Exactly. Uh, Blake Snell left today's start uh, after 11 pitches. What uh, can you throw him next week? I don't really don't think you can. He left with left left ad- adductor tightness. I don't think you can risk him this week if you need uh, if you have him on your roster. Just a shame too because he was pitching so well lately. He, he finally was. He was he he seemed like he really figured something out about six weeks ago, and he's been a different pitcher. He has. He has. Um, yeah. San Diego, man, their, their tough schedule marches on. Four games on the road in San Francisco this week at oh, St. Geez. Louis, another team that they're competing competing directly with for a playoff spot. Jeez. They, they come the Giants home, again. Oh, they gosh. get Giants yeah. and the Braves next week. It's a ludicrously difficult schedule. I'm sure that's breaking your heart right now. Yeah, we'll lose two out of three. We can lose that two out of three so fast it can make your head spin to anyone right now. Our Reds play the Dodgers next weekend. That's not an easy series, but they you get – they do, we do Pittsburgh get our the Pirates. Pittsburgh Dodgers yeah. pitcher. Pittsburgh is pretty good, though. Yeah, and then four games against the Nats. Aha! Can't lose two out of three there. Mm, it's the Eddie Murphy meme. <laughs> what do you mean? You never heard of rainouts? Yeah, yeah, true. Pipe down. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll make that up, so you'll be good. But uh, So you got to what? You got you to gotta sweep Pittsburgh, beat L.A. once. So you got to go four and two this week, and then win two out of three against Pittsburgh. So that would go uh, six and three over the next nine. That's the goal. I yeah, it is. It's a good goal. You sign up for that. I, I'm right very now. extremely skeptical that it will happen, but yes, I'd sign up for that immediately. You'd sign up for six and three for sure. Five and four, I don't think gets it done with six games against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Although you just read San Diego's schedule, so maybe it does get it done. But well, uh, Jay- St. Louis is involved though too, and so's Philly, and so are the Mets. They, they are. The, the, did you watch any of the Mets Yankees game tonight? That that stuff was crazy. It was crazy. You know, the door hit three bombs in that game. Yep, he pulling everybody him. in to next year. He finally got his Mets moment. It took it took a while, but he finally got one. It's like having the worst round of golf that you've had in a long time, and then still getting a birdie somewhere in the back. Not like the last couple of holes, you're like, "Yep, I can still do it." I feel that, for, but for me, it's like a par on the last couple of holes does the trick. Yeah, well, me too. Usually, I can't, I can't venture to the birdie range. Not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, JD Martinez, uh, not great. Missed a, he was scratched on Friday, back in the lineup on Saturday, got scratched again, then missed today with back spasms. Uh, not what you want out of your uh, big power hitter. Um, the Red Sox do play, they do play tomorrow, so we should get some news on that. They do play on the West Coast, though, so hopefully we get a, a lineup pretty soon. But um, that's one. They play three games and have an off day on Thursday. I'd need to see him in the lineup tomorrow to play him, I think. I'd agree with that. Uh, Tim Anderson is expected back on Tuesday for the uh, the White Sox. Um, it's gonna be an interesting one because he's back, and I think you have to play him. But uh, they have such a big lead. I don't know if they don't give him every third day off for a while here because he was just that that leg soreness just wasn't going away. Yeah, and he may not run either. Uh, yeah, that's a good point too. I can't, you know, maybe mix it in here and there, but uh, yeah, I can't imagine they're going to be wanting him to run too much. And they have. I think they have eight games the week after because they have a doubleheader with Cleveland. I just I have to think they're gonna give him they're gonna give him every third or fourth day off. I'd agree. I, I think it's uh, almost certain. Brandon Woodruff missed his start today with a stomach issue. Sounds like he's fine though. He's gonna start on Wednesday. Obviously, uh, you just uh, you just start him and don't worry about that. Same Detroit. thing as the White Sox though. I mean, they if there's any reason to not play someone, they will not play someone. And we've seen it with Freddie Peralta. He's throwing three innings every start. I think that's three in a row now. And it's just 
you look at your line like, how do I not start Freddie Peralta? He's so good. And then you realize that he's going to throw three innings, and it's just, it's tough. Yeah, exactly. Do you throw him this week? He has one start against Detroit. What do you do with Peralta? I mean, how important are your ratios? Three innings of good ratios and Ks might be good enough. Yeah, that's hard to use a spot on though. Like, I think I'd almost, yeah. I almost rather take like a really good setup guy and hope that I get a win or a save. I was just gonna say, you really have to not care about wins at all. You, I mean, you obviously, it's physically impossible if he goes through to get a win. So there's that. I mean, unless, right? Unless they use an opener in front of him, they could do that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't object to that at all. Let's give him the Yarbrough treatment. Yeah, um, Jake Cronenworth is a tough one. He fractured his left ring finger. He is not going on the IL, but they have not given an actual timetable. It seems like maybe they're going to try and have him just play through this and and see where they land because they're just right in the mix of it and they can't lose him for 10 days. But mm-hmm. uh, at least they play tomorrow. You can see if he's in the lineup, but uh, that's going to be a tough one for me to throw out there, I think. I agree. It's a really bad spot. Um, that's fun for them, too, because he's their, he's their three-hitter and he's been kind of a rock for them all year. Right. You know, they had uh, this weekend, they got swept by the Dodgers and – you know, it was one of those where Manny and Tatis were doing their thing and nobody else was. There's been a lot of, there's been a bunch of that on San Diego this year between Myers and Tommy Pham. They've had a lot of guys that haven't really had big years that they needed to kind of support uh, Tatis and Machado. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Rowdy Telez, if you have him anywhere, I did. He's out uh, two weeks uh, with a strained patella, so he's an easy drop with three weeks left in the season. Um, Edmundo Sosa with the Cardinals kind of coming all of it. He's been picked up a lot of 15-teamers. Hasn't played since Wednesday, Wednesday due to wrist pain. I don't want to mess with that as a hitter. I think he's a drop for me right now, too. Yeah, probably so. I mean, he, he, he even when he's at the height of his powers, he's probably not even playing every day even then. Yeah, and he was just like he was kind of warm for a little bit, but not someone that I'm going to hold through a, any sort of injury at this point of the season. Right. Um, Michael Brantley left early Saturday with a knee issue. Sat on Sunday. The Astros are. I'm going to go ahead and call them. Um, you know, they can sit who they want to. I don't think anyone Seattle or Oakland's gaining six and a half games on in three weeks. So they're another team that um, they have no reason to really push anybody at this point. Yep, not going to make any snide remarks remarks about calling races or anything. But yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Uh, six and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's not done, but, uh, I think it's done. When you look at the teams involved, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty cool. Cool to call that one done. Yeah, me too. Uh, speaking of the Astros, Zach Granke coming back with his off the COVID IL. Sounds like he's going to start on Tuesday again. I think you have to throw him I and mean, he's, uh, he's lined up for two. St- I guess they're, they're six man rotations. He's lined up for one start, but, um, I don't know how deep he's going to go in that game. Again, they have no reason to really push him more than three or four innings. I would think on his first start back. Yeah, they're the the Astros are you know just really 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 deep. I mean, it's a problem for us. It's not a problem for them. Urquidy can go short. You know, Granky could go short. Odorizzi could go short. All three could, and they'll have like oh Christian Javier. Okay, fine, boom, no problem. I I hear Odorizzi really likes when he gets he gets taken out early. Yeah, I I want to get some comments from him on that one there. Yeah, I, I hear he I hear he takes that very kindly. Yeah, uh, you mentioned Chris Bassett earlier. Uh, good news there, at least in you know, him. Him, he's actually uh, seems to be doing pretty well. He threw thirty pitches in a bullpen session. He uh, he did an interview on the A's broadcast. I was watching um, Glenn Kuyper, who's the A's play by play guy, said if I uh, if I said that uh, in ten days you're out there starting a game and throwing three or four innings, do you think that's workable? And he said, yeah, that's my goal right now. So it sounds like you might get two starts out of him, but I don't think they're going to be deep. I mean, he said he's still kind of stretched out, but. He's not pitching six or seven in either of those starts, I would imagine. No, I, I doubt it too. Uh, and, you know, as you alluded to, our A's are three games out in the wild card. Yep. The A, they they really need him. You know, they, they really need to do something to make a run. Say if they just, they, they struggle this week at KC, at the Angels. I mean, it, it should be a week where they gain some ground, but, you know, stranger things have happened. They could just shut it down on Bassett after this week if, like, say they they drop to five games out of the wild card. Yeah, I think that's that's very true. If they go two and four this week or something, and, you know, Toronto and Boston win a bunch of games, I think that they will be on the verge of like it's not worth you know, not worth ramping his arm back up. If they gain a couple games, yeah, I think they'll do it. But I think that uh, I think that's a really good point. I think that it'll, it'll depend on how this week goes. Yep. Couple of players I want to ask you before we get out of here, just with a with twenty twenty two draft price in mind. What uh, where do you think uh, what do you think we're doing with Kyle Tucker? He uh, homered on Sunday. He's now hitting two ninety three, twenty five home runs, thirteen stolen bases across four hundred eighty seven plate appearances. Uh, this guy's K rates down to sixteen percent. Um, swing strike rates under ten percent. Hard hit rates up to forty eight and a half percent. Eleven point eight percent barrel. Feels like 
all his stuff is trending in the right direction. Maybe the line is really good this year, but you feel like maybe there's another level there. My concern, I guess, would be that the stolen bases, he only attempted 14 this year. He's only going to be caught once. He's really efficient, but I just think that Houston, uh, they don't really need him to steal. They're not really a team that wants their guys to run a ton. You know, Altuve right. did in the past, but they, the last four or five years, they've kind of limited the running game a little bit. Um, is he an early second rounder next year? Does he sneak into the first round? Where do you think we're talking uh, Kyle Tucker? When we, 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 probably yeah. early to mid second round. I mean, he's going to end up with probably, he's probably going to end up being a 30, 15 guy with a good batting average and obviously yeah. good counting stats. Give me that all day for my second round pick. I'll take the 15 stolen bases and think that that's plenty fine. And with some with some like actual room, like where if he gives you his line again, you're cool with that. But there is a you can definitely see some upside that, that he has a couple of blow up years coming. Yeah, for sure. Which is kind of what you want from someone in that range. Um, what about uh, what about Ozzy Albies? He's uh, someone that we talked about in the past. You know, he was kind of like he, he got all his stats because he played so much, but he's broken out of that. He's has he has 28 home runs, 17 stolen bases. He has 91 runs and 94 bases. He's going to go 100 100 this year. That's uh, He's only hitting 256, which is like the one. And even that's not really a bad average anymore, but that's the one spot he's not really helping you. Uh, what do you think? We're looking at Albies uh, next year when, we, when we're looking at drafts. Late second again? It's yeah. where I, I think it's probably more of the same. Uh, you, you have to maybe deal with the batting average, saw off a little bit there, but hey, he's doing this without Acuna, without yeah. Ozuna. Uh, you know, I, I'm not the biggest lineup you know, you know, you know, the biggest protection guy in the lineup, but at the same time, he did a lot of this when he was carrying the team. Yeah, he, he, he was there. It's pretty much been him and there's a wild stretch. It was him and Freeman. And it was like nobody, I mean, I guess, uh, the, I can't think Austin Riley has been really good too. I mean, they oh, yeah, he's guys. amazing. And Swanson had some, some streaks in there, but you know, Albies, Albies, uh, Riley and Freeman have been carrying this team, but I just, I was a little surprised that his, his counting stats are that high. I knew he had all the runs, but the, the 94 yeah. RBIs jumped out to me. I, I didn't think it was gonna be quite that high when I looked 90, 90 with, uh, in 138 games. That's impressive. Yeah. hundred, hundred, which is, I mean, that's uh, when you get guys that get 200 combined there, that's, that's really big. He's yeah. not a big hard hit rate guy. I don't think he's ever going to be, but a career high barrel rate this year, he's clearly making better contact. Um, fly ball rates up and that's probably accounts for the, uh, the increased home runs and the decreased batting average. I think this is kind of his profile. He's kind of selling out a little bit more for home runs and it probably works fantasy wise. Yeah, I think so. Last guy I want to ask you about before we get out of here. Um, Jared Kelnick is fascinating in terms of what we do with him in drafts next year. I think there's always going to be someone that's going to want him more than me. Hit his 10th home run today. So he's coming around a little bit, but still, we're looking at 166 over 301 plate appearances. It's not like he's had like 80 plate appearances. 300 plate appearances in the majors. Hitting 166. Um, K rate's 29%. It was 15% at AAA. So there obviously is there, there's got to be an in-between there at some point. He's got to settle in, I think, at a number. I don't think he's a 29% strikeout guy. But hard hit rate's only 38%. So it's not like he's mashing the ball while he's striking out a bunch. He's still 22, though. Um, a, what do you do with him next year? B, where the heck does someone like that go in the draft, you think, next year? There will always be something that wants to buy back in on him. I feel like I, I feel the same. I think there's going to be someone that's going to be like two rounds before I'm ready to think about it. I might be him in some places. We'll see. Now, I just, is, I, is, I, you is, know, you're talking about lessons learned. I think we are so eager to find, you know, you know, the next guy. I think yeah. we overrated him and anybody else that was tearing up in spring training or tearing it up in AAA. I, I think there'll be that dynamic a little bit again next year too. The interesting the way you bring that up too, like the, the Bobby Witt Jr. thing has been fascinating this year because I think we mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but his his per, his percentage rostered in all these leagues like never really went down that far, yep. which means yep. that whoever has him in the main event has just kept him all year long. That has been a that's not been that's not been a dead spot for a couple months. It's been a dead spot for six months. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and he he kept hitting home runs. And you're like, I can't drop him now. I can't drop him now. I can't uphold him for three and a half months to drop him now, and someone else gets him, but. I mean, you've been playing with a six-man bench your entire season. Yeah, that's right. And that that's that affects I, I, who you can pick up. That affects who right. you can start, who you can stream, who you can match up, who you can what closer you can stash. That affects a lot when you have a seven-man bench in an FBC. Like having one of those spots dead, 14% of your bench the entire year. I mean, that's that's massive. It, it is. It is really massive. But you know, everyone is like so scared. Like, okay, what if I drop him and someone else picks him up and he goes off? Uh, it's a nightmare. So maybe that's a lesson is, you know, maybe push as much as we're really interested in these prospects, maybe push them down just a little bit. 
or I wonder if the lesson is if you get to like May 15th, just cut bait and be okay with it. And just, yeah. uh, yeah. and you just can't, you can't do all-star break. You can't do September. I mean, it kills you. Maybe you just have to pick a day and he's not up. Um, but I get it. He was hot. And you're just like, you could feel like it could be any moment, but the yeah. fact that Modesty wasn't playing and they never called him up is pretty, probably pretty, pretty good indication. They were not, they were not hurting. Which also, it's also suggests that we need to downgrade their draft costs too. Yeah, no, I, I agree there too. I, I usually do anyway, just because I hate starting with someone like that. It has to, it has to be at a discount in a spot where I'm like, if I need to drop this by, like, if you use an arbitrary date May fifteenth, I'm okay with it. Whereas if that's a fourteenth round pick, I'm not okay with that. But if it's a twenty fifth round pick, I'm gonna drop probably drop that player anyway. So maybe I can do it. But um, it's got it's got to line up pretty perfectly for me to jump in on someone like that. Yeah. Speaking of Modesty, uh, he's on a, mo- a massive slump yeah. right now, uh, but yet. He's stolen seven bases in 18 games before Sunday's game, too. So he is kind of providing some things, but two walks, 25 Ks. He's going to continue to be a, just a hot button guy to debate next year. Yes. Uh, and he's hitting the, and he's hitting the ball hard. He didn't do that in the past. I mean, it's only, we're talking 70 plate appearances or whatever. So he's, mm-hmm. he's hitting the ball hard a little bit. He's got uh, six home runs in that stretch. He's got seven stolen bases. I just, we talk about talk about a guy that there's always going to be someone taking him before me. I mean, that's, that, that's pretty much Montessi to a T for me. Yeah. Like if he if he if he had a, dra- a draft where he slipped a little bit, and I need the steals, but I just it's never gonna happen. There's always gonna be someone's gonna be like, "What if you double up? Uh, I don't know, you double right. up 2018, and he goes 2860." Um, I just I think there's always gonna be someone's gonna take him before I'm ready to do so. Yeah, I, I especially yeah if he finishes like these last two weeks strong. Yeah. Say if he gets up to 10 homers. Say if he gets up to like 15 stolen bases. Or like, look, he did this all in short series, short sample. Just uh, imagine what he could do over the course of a whole season. Yeah. Course Everybody of a whole say, season never happened, the, though. It's that he's a league winner kind of stuff. And I just, yep. there's probably going to be a year at some point in his career where he's going to massively blow up and stay healthy and play 140 games. But he's never played more than 102, and he's played more than 75 once. So, yep. I probably, I might get beat by him one year, but I'm, I'm probably okay with uh, all the other years that I won't uh, get beat by having him on my team. So. If he gets to the mid third round, are you interested? Probably not. Uh, then you're not probably not going to get him. That's yeah. my guess. I'd probably be probably be mid fourth round. I'd probably have to really think about taking a taking a, a, a shot there. Yep, sounds good. Sounds like your cat is ready for us to be done. I think that, was <laughs> your cat that just that just uh, just talked to us. So yes, um, thanks everybody for watching, tuning in, listening, rating, and reviewing, etc. We uh, we have a couple more weeks of this. We really do appreciate everybody listening all season long. I know it's a little bit of a grind here at the end of the year, and it's tough to to find guys. But uh, you know, I, I think there's still some value in trying to like, attack some of your categories and talk some strategy here. So thanks everybody for listening, um, both uh, this week and all season long. If you want to follow Jeff on Twitter, he's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jenstead. We are uh, both answering football, baseball, golf, basketball questions on Twitter if you have any, um, or just chatting about stuff too. I'm usually uh, usually complaining about Raheem Mostert getting injured, so if you uh, you can mute me for that. But other than that, uh, we'll, we'll have some good chats. But uh, other than that, thanks everybody for listening. Please rate or review if you get a chance. We want to thank uh, WinBet for their sponsorship uh, both this week and all season long. Other than that, we'll be back at you next Sunday night talking about the last two weeks of the season. So hope everybody has a great week and take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.